Amen. Good morning, Christ Point. It's good to see you. How is everyone doing? Thank you. Thank you. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, my name is James. I have the great joy and privilege of being the pastor here at Christ Point. I want to welcome those who are watching online. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Uh, if you are new here to Christ Point, hopefully there was a connection card on your chair when you walked in or at one of the round tables. Uh, if you want to pull out your phone and scan that, there's a couple different ways that you can let us know that you were here this morning. Uh, you can scan this QR code if you're, uh, you're like pretty good with technology. It's, it's really easy to do. Even I can do it. It'll take you to a website. You can let us know that you were here this morning if you're interested in finding out more information about what's taking place at CP. That's the best way to do it. Or if you fill out the back of this card and place it in the offering uh, box on your way out, uh, we would love to know that you were here. Uh, next Sunday is kind of a big Sunday here at Christ Point. We have our fall festival. That was poor. Uh, we're excited about our fall festival. We have fun things like uh, hay rides. Who's going to go on a hay ride? Yes. Uh, we have bounce houses, plural. I mean, that's big time. Two bounce houses. Who's going to go on the bounce house? Most. <laughs> I feel like anything I say right now would be borderline. Uh, I shouldn't say anything, but yes, uh, everyone's invited. Everyone's invited to the bounce house. Uh, there'll be food trucks. Who doesn't love food? At least one. There will be at least one food truck. Hopefully two. Pray about that. Um, uh, uh, br br bring some money for lunch. Everything else is going to be uh, provided. Uh, there's going to be face painting. Amelia, I'm so proud of how you're participating this morning. You're the best. PK right there. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great time. If you're here at Christ Point this morning and you know someone who's not currently connected to a local church family, we would love for you to invite them. Uh, it's going to be great to have everyone next week. It's something that we're looking forward to as a church. Just a great way to connect after the service. Oh, there's going to be live music, too. Ah, the hits just keep on coming. Uh, so yes, mark your calendars, invite a friend. We'll see you uh, next week at 1030. That's going to be immediately after the service, immediately after uh, the service. Uh, uh, it's good to be back. Oh, wait. Wait. Uh, children. Children. I see you, Becky. Uh, children, CP kids, you are dismissed. Uh, you are no longer welcome here. This is the point in the service where we talk about you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hurry up. Scoot. Skedaddle. Goodbye. I don't think Jesus ever said that to the kids, but I'm saying it now. Goodbye, children. Hey, it's great to be back. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I wasn't here last week. Uh, Melissa and I, we were, uh, we were gone. We were away. We celebrated two significant milestones uh, last week. Uh, we celebrated our 20-year anniversary, which was, thank you. It's, it's, it's not easy being married to this guy, but she's done it for 20 years. Uh, so that was kind of a big deal for us. And then last week was Melissa's birthday. Last week, yes. I know, I know. I, you're asking. I see it on your faces. My birthday is April 28th, and so... If you want to mark your calendars, uh, it's just right, right around the corner. So we did something special. Uh, we, uh, we left town and we went to California. We went to uh, the West Coast, which is a really big deal. And you might be wondering why. Uh, it is because we have friends there 
uh, Doug and Linda. Actually, they were friends of uh, John and Heidi Krant. I say they were friends uh, because they're not friends of John and Heidi any longer because we stole them. Uh, there, there are friends. Now, that's not true. They still like Heidi. John, not so much. Uh, but, but, but they have a place in Santa Cruz. And so for a week, uh, we uh, like woke up early in the morning and walked to the ocean and we watched the sunrise. And uh, we looked out and saw uh, surfers in their wetsuits trying to catch the perfect wave. And uh, we walked up and down the coast. We rode bikes up and down the coast. Uh, we ate good food. Uh, you might be thinking to yourself, it must be nice being a pastor. Uh, and uh, for that particular week, it was. Uh, it was. It was spectacular. We had an incredible time. And I can't tell you how many times I found myself uh, walking along uh, the coast, and I would see these beautiful homes with their big windows looking out to the ocean. And I said to Melissa on more than one occasion, uh, must be nice. Like, can you imagine what it would be like to live there? I mean, can you imagine what it would be like to wake up early in the morning and get your cup of coffee and sit down and watch the sun come up? Can you imagine what it would be like to, to put on a wetsuit early in the morning and, and just walk down to the ocean to catch that perfect wave? Uh, you would go to work that was always stress-free and where you were overpaid. And then you would come home and you would eat good food uh, from California and then you would watch the sunset and then you would, you would do it all over again the next day. And I, and I told Melissa, what a, what a blessed life. What a blessed life. Uh, when, when I think of what it means to live and be blessed, um, I, I think of weeks like that. Uh, what is interesting to me, though, is what I oftentimes think of as the blessed life is not the same life that Jesus describes as being blessed in the Sermon on the Mount. According to Jesus, um, this is uh, what it looks like to live a blessed life or to be blessed in his kingdom. He talks about it in Matthew chapter 5, and so if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me there. Matthew chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 1, says, Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Will you pray with me? Uh, Father God, thank you so much for uh, your living and active word. I thank you that you are a God who has spoken 
Uh, you haven't uh, remained silent. Uh, you've come into this world and come into our hearts and our lives in a profound and a significant way. Uh, thank you that your word is still living and active. You still use it uh, to form and shape your people into the image of your son. Uh, this morning, uh, we give you thanks. God, thank you so much for Christ Point, for these people. Thank you uh, for the work that you have done and are doing in their hearts even now. I pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts in our lives now in a significant way. Open our eyes and help us to see. Open our ears and help us to hear. Uh, soften our hearts and help us uh, to receive your word this morning. God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. A few weeks ago, we, we began thinking together about what does it look like to be blessed in God's kingdom. God's kingdom is God's rule over God's people in God's place. And uh, here in Matthew chapter 5, in what is referred to as the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus is painting a picture uh, for who is blessed in his kingdom. And a couple weeks ago, uh, we, we took really half of this passage, and we said that Jesus, speaking to the crowd, said, blessed are the spiritually poor, uh, blessed are those who are grieved over their own sin, over their brokenness, and the brokenness of the world. Uh, blessed are the meek or the humble in the world, and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, which means they hunger and thirst for people to be rightly related um, to God uh, vertically and to humanity uh, horizontally. And so this morning we uh, continue painting this picture that Jesus painted in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, he continues on and says, Blessed are the merciful, uh, for they shall receive mercy. Uh, as Followers of Jesus, we are called uh, to be a merciful people. Right? We're called to mercy. And yet mercy doesn't always come naturally to us. Right? We are probably more naturally bent on being a vengeful people, of righting the wrong, of seeing other people get what's coming to us. But here Jesus says, blessed are uh, the merciful. Uh, we are called to be merciful. Jesus calls his followers to be merciful. Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 through 13. Uh, Jesus is reclining at the table, and the text says many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. So the spiritual leaders of the day have gathered. And it says, And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, this is Jesus, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I desire a mercy and not sacrifice. So Jesus, who often rubs shoulders with the outsiders in the world, uh, said to the religious leaders of the day, um, these people who you have shunned, who you've pushed aside, who you don't want to hang with, they are the people who need to hear my message. They are the people who are in desperate need of God's mercy. Those are the people uh, that I have come for. Mercy, of course, is not this box that we check. 
we don't think about what does it look like to be merciful. It's A, B, and C, and I'm going to do those three things. I'm going to check the boxes, and I'm going to be done. Mercy is something that we are as the people of God. Jesus said to the scribes and Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day in Matthew 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. The scribes and the Pharisees The religious leaders of the day saw life with God, a box to be checked. They're arguing over whether or not they should tithe off the gross or the net, like pre-tax or post-tax. Like, like how much should I give? How much do we need to give? Just give me the number and I'll give it and I'll be done with it. And Jesus says to them, you are blind guides. You're straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. We are called as people to be Merciful, but what does it uh, look like for us uh, to be merciful? Mercy is receiving or relieving, I'm sorry, mercy is relieving the consequences of sin and brokenness at great cost to oneself. Mercy is relieving the consequences of sin and brokenness at great cost uh, to oneself. When I think about a picture of mercy in Scripture, I think of the story of the Good Samaritan. Right? If you grew up in church, if you're familiar with this story found in uh, the Gospels, then you might be familiar with uh, this story. Maybe you've read it a time or two. I want to read it uh, to you this morning. Uh, scripture says a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on by on the other side. Uh, So likewise, a Levite, when he had come to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. In other words, the religious leaders of the day are essentially 0 for 2. They, They see a need, and they're gone. They avoid it. But, verse 33, a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. When he sat him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers. Verse 37, he said, of the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, you go and do likewise. And this is mercy, relieving the consequences of sin and brokenness at great cost to oneself. Mercy is costly, it's inconvenient, and oftentimes it is given with no strings attached. Blessed are Uh, those who extend mercy, for they shall receive mercy. Uh, Mercy is not something that we extend, and because we extend it, God gives us mercy. Mercy is something we extend because mercy has been extended to us. Like God in His grace and in His mercy 
has reached down to us at our very worst and breathed life into us through the perfect work of Jesus. And because we have received and experienced His mercy, we extend mercy to others. But this is the pattern in Scripture. Because God has loved us, we love. Because God has forgiven us, we forgive. Because God has extended us mercy, we too extend mercy. Who is is blessed in God's kingdom? Uh, Who are the ones who are who are on God's team, who God welcomes to be a part of what He is doing in the world. Blessed are uh, the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus continues, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Who is blessed in God's kingdom? Uh, The pure in heart are blessed. Jesus uh, cares about your heart cares about your heart. Your heart is who you are. That's the person that you are. To put it another way, uh, Jesus cares about your why. Jesus cares about your what, what you do. I'm not saying that's not important, but Jesus cares even more about the reason that you do it. So your what is giving money. Your why is the reason that you give it. Your what is your act of service. Your why is the reason that you serve. Your what is showing up as a gathered people on Sunday morning. Your why is the reason that you come. Jesus cares about your why, and he cares about mine. Jesus said to the Pharisees, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and plate, that the outside also may be clean. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, You look super impressive on the outside. Like you're, you're all dialed up and buttoned up. Like you, you look good to a watching world. You look impressive to the world, but you are not impressive to God. You're clean on the outside, but you're filthy on the inside. Why does Jesus say things like this? Because He cares about our hearts. He wants our hearts uh, to be changed. Scripture says man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Matthew 15, 18 and 19. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a man. Jesus goes on. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We do what we do because of heart. So, so Jesus is speaking to the crowds and he is telling them, in essence, listen, I, I care deeply about the condition of your heart. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you've trusted in Jesus, then in one sense, God's given to you a new heart. He's given you new desires. He's given you new affection. One of my favorite promises in all of Scripture is found in Ezekiel chapter 36. 
Uh, it's talking about the work that God's going to do in the hearts of his people. And God's word says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from uh, all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And so on one hand, uh, Christians, followers of Jesus, those who have trusted in Christ, God's given to us a new heart. And simultaneously, I suspect that you have had an experience where you've noticed that sometimes your heart longs to do or to say or to think things that your heart should not long to do, say, or think. Like we, we wrestle with what Scripture calls a divided heart. Like we, we know the good that we should do, but we don't do it. Have you ever had this experience before? I have had this experience before. And so um, Scripture, Jesus is is saying, it's not that Jesus is just going, I, I want you uh, to trust in me and be saved and experience life. He's saying, I want you to be changed. I want you to be uh, different. James says in James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you men of double mind. Saying, don't, don't be Divided in your affection. Be singularly minded. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.5, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Jesus calls His followers, His disciples, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And So I read things like this and I go, well, how does that happen? Like, how do we have clean hands and pure hearts uh, before God? And I would answer that question by saying, God does it. Like, God, God changes us when we come before Him, when we repent, when we turn to Him, when we do what David did after his sin with Bathsheba and we cry out to God, God, create in me a clean heart. Like, cleanse my heart. He doesn't hide his sin or spin it, twist it, or turn it. He just acknowledges it and says, God, give me a clean and a pure heart. Who is blessed in God's kingdom? Uh, those who show mercy. Uh, those who have pure hearts. And then he continues, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Um, God is a God of peace. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace sanctify you uh, completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought you again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good so that you may do his well. Uh, do his will. God is a God of peace. He longs for us as his people to experience a shalom. Shalom is peace or wholeness. Don't you long for that? Don't, don't you long for peace in your life, for, for wellness? Not just like a like peace, love, and happiness, 60s kind of peace. But like you, you long for, for 
for life to go well and for relationships to be restored and for your relationship with with God um, to to be pure and good. Like we long for this. And and God, we read, is a God of peace. He is a peacemaker. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19 says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them. Colossians 1.20, He made peace by the blood of, of the cross. Even though we were sinners and we were estranged from God and far from God, God brought us near so that we might experience peace with Him. Right? And this is, this is good news. This is what we long for. God is a peace-loving and peacemaking God. The whole history of redemption, climaxing at the death and resurrection of Jesus, was done so that we might have peace with God. Who is blessed in God's kingdom? Who do, you, who do you look to and think to yourself, man, that must be nice. That is the blessed life. The peacemakers are blessed. Uh, th- those who long to see people restored and at peace with God, and those who long to see um, others experience peace in their relationships. Have you ever before inserted yourself into the middle of uh, two people who were at odds because you longed for them to experience peace with one another? Like, like you saw two people that you cared about and you loved and they were like this. And you insert yourself into that situation. You, you want them to experience peace. Jesus says that in his kingdom, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the ones who who do the difficult and hard work of inserting themselves into difficult conversations so that people who are at odds may be drawn near. Jesus continues, blessed are the persecuted. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I have to be honest with you. There are times when I read the Bible and I think to myself, what? Like, there are times when I read passages and I think to myself, that sounds strange. It sounds strange. I, I get the merciful thing. It makes sense to me. The, the pure heart, tracking with Jesus. Peacekeeping, peacemaking. I, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. That's strange, is it not? And yet, Jesus says things like this all the time. His his followers respond this way. I, I... Acts 5.41, the apostles left the presence of the council rejoicing 
that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for his name. Hebrews 10.34, you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. 2 Corinthians 8, 1-2, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Acts 16.23, when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them in prison, put them in the inner prison, and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are the persecuted for righteousness' sake. This is not those who are persecuted for making poor decisions. You've been there before. You've made a bad decision. You've done something that you shouldn't do and you're disciplined for it. That's not what Jesus is talking about. That's just us getting disciplined or punished for our bad decisions. This is suffering for the sake of, of Jesus. So, so how, like, how can one do that? How can he say, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account? Rejoice and be glad. This is why he can say that. Because of verse 12. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. Your reward is great in heaven. All throughout the Sermon on the Mount and, and, and these, these words of Jesus, Jesus is reminding uh, the, the crowds, He's reminding those who will follow Him that, that to follow Him is to receive a great reward. Your re- reward in heaven will be great. Uh, you will see God. You will receive mercy. You will be called a son or daughter of God. You will be comforted you will be satisfied. In other words, you will experience joy because you will receive God. And that's why he is saying to the crowds, this is what it looks like to be blessed in the kingdom of God. These are the people that God is inviting to be a part of the work that he is doing in the world. And yet, this looks very different then oftentimes I think what you or me, what, what we think of as the blessed life. Right? To, to be blessed is to walk the California coast and see the sunrise. That, that, that's a good thing, by the way. Someone offers you that experience, take them up on the offer. It's a gift. But, but I don't know if that's the blessed life that Jesus is talking about. I remember talking to uh, a teenager long ago, and I was uh, asking this teenager, hey, what do you want to do when you, when you grow up? Like, what do you want to do for a living? Which is a super great question to ask a teenager, because all of us change jobs 17 times 
by the time we're 30. And, um, and the teenager jokingly said, I want to make bank. And like I thought to myself, uh, and he was joking, but I thought, yeah. Like that, that's the blessed life. And who wouldn't want that? And then, and then Jesus shows up. And one day he gathers a crowd. A crowd filled with people like you and me who are probably wondering things like, um, I wonder if God's kingdom is going to be made up of uh, the influential and the affluent, the powerful, strong, the mighty, the influencers, the movers and the shakers. And he says to the crowd after opening his mouth, bless. are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice! And be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. God, I know for, for me it's, it's easy to have a, a picture in my mind of, of what it looks like to, to be blessed and to live a blessed life. And then uh, Jesus comes to town and, and, and does business with that picture, with that dream, with that small-minded idea that oftentimes I possess. I, Jesus rattled heart. His, his words uh, to some were, were a salve, Lord, were, were beauty, were welcome. And other people didn't know what to do with them. But I'm just blown away uh, by the words of your son. Jesus, I'm, I'm blown away, quite frankly, by you. Lord, thank you that your uh, kingdom is, is made up of people like this. Uh, people who are poor in spirit and people who mourn and people who are meek, people who hunger and thirst for righteousness, people who are merciful and pure in heart and makers and those who suffer for uh, your name. Lord, Lord thank you. Lord, thank you that you invite us to be a part of what you're doing uh, in this world. You invite us into uh, your kingdom. Uh, thanks for, for welcoming us. Uh, thanks for the invite. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first.
We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your Spirit. Amen.